hello, hey. Is this actually recording? Yes. Oh, you're, you're not giving me any body language cues. Because I'm frustrated. I am too. My mic was loose. All right, let's try this again. Do, 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 do. Hi, hello, hey, and welcome to episode 30 plus 7 of Rushed Vibes. We are here on the ones and twos, Mr. and Mrs. Rushed Vibes, ourselves, to rush our vibe with you, our tribe. Got the little alfalfa. David does have an alfalfa. He stole my workout sweat headband. Why was it available? What do you mean? Because you ain't been working out. Yeah, because your behind was in Florida for three weeks, leaving me alone with three children. Florida vibes. And I had to figure out First how. of all, you were here with two. Nope. And I have. Three. Two and um, two and, and three quarters. Next year, when you claim three on your taxes, you can remember that I was here with three of them. Um, so, no, I haven't been able to work because just my workout schedule didn't coincide with, I didn't want to take Savi. I, I just don't trust her in a gym. And I didn't want to take Savi and Solace because... I can take solace. I just I just don't trust Savi. So, no, I haven't worked out. So I am probably looking a little plumper than usual because my muscles aren't getting the workout they're used to. So, yeah, that's Chilled why it was available. Look fly with your, with your purple hair. Her. It's more like a burgundy, a red wine. Um, Looks purple to me. So, yeah, he's wearing that because he washed his hair and he can't handle his locks being in his face. I had to keep... He's just at that in-between length where it's not long enough to do anything, but not it's, short enough to be out of his It's frustrating. Face. And, you know, I have an in-house loctician who just, like, won't give me a date. I'm like, yo. No one told him to wash I'm his like, hair. I'm like, yo, no, no I, science, nature told me to but wash my hair. you could have hair. washed your hair in the style. Good hygiene practices told me to wash my hair. You could have kept your hair in the style and washed it. No, I needed, I needed to breathe. It had been three weeks. It's locked. It, it's not gonna. It's not breathing. It's done. I, I needed. It's done I needed, breathing. I needed a change. Anyway, of that's why his hair is locked up. Well, his locks are locked up, and he's over here looking like some sensei. <laughs> Just how I look like or, a, tennis pl- a tennis player this morning. <laughs> and now he looks like a skateboarder. It doesn't look too bad. It just looks weird. One of these days, I, I think Malibu. at some point, I think at some point, maybe for season two, we can transition away from the headphones. Because one, I think we'll we'll be able to have someone who's actually running production while we record. Uh, also, I think we're to the point now, even if we don't have someone running production, we kind of know where all the levels are at. We know where our mics are at. So we don't really need to hear ourselves. So I think that'll, you know, I don't help. know that I actually hear you through the headphones. I just wear them for show. Okay. Well, you should be hearing them. I mean, you I, should think be hearing I feel like I just hear you because you're sitting next to me. Oh, I don't. Actually, well, I, I, I hear the difference. Well, but, now you just suggested it. But, but before, that's, that's because I'm, you know, executive producer yeah, of, of Rush Vibes here. Um, I'm also executive producer. No, of you're just you're, you're you're that producer who like was there for the beginnings and stuff. And then they just roll their name with the credits, but they're not I, but actually I'm still involved. An executive producer. Like you're you're the on screen talent and an executive producer. Not, what do you what do you executive produce? You No. That's not people. No. I'm producing. I am one of. I am one of those celebrities that will not. First be of all, <laughs> first of all, calm, calm down. I won't be calm on a down. show unless I'm an executive producer. So you one, 
Unless you got celebrity status, unless you got a, a verified check next to your name on Twitter, which you do not. I could put a check. No. I, I want the one Twitter gives you. The official. How many followers do you have to have to have a verified check? 30,000? I'm nowhere near whatever the requirements are, so I don't even concern myself with them. Anyway, I'm definitely executive producer of this show. The There's shows have like... 511 executive because producers. those people don't do anything but there's like still there's like one producers. there's like one or two who actually contribute anything valuable to a production and then everybody else is just not my legalities problem. not my problem i'm still gonna have the title that's your problem and you know what you know you know what because you i have you on record on tape saying God forbid anything happened to David. I won't pay my mortgage. And David just does all this. Leave it. Leave it. it leave I it to will. me. I'd have been up here with an iPhone and a little little janky but now microphone. I have all the stuff. But I you can know what? So okay, you know what? Next week, I'm taking a week off. It'll be Jessica vibes, and we'll see how well this episode comes together. We'll see if it, if it happens at all. I can do it. As long as Savi doesn't mess with the... She's going to upload to SoundCloud. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to do that? No, but that's probably what you're going to do. You're like, Rush Vibes is on SoundCloud, y'all. Um, People are like, we haven't listened to Rush Vibes anyway. on since like episode two. You know, it was so funny. We were, um, we were driving. Where were we driving? We were driving somewhere recently, and I was playing episode... I think it was episode two, which was post-election vibes. That which was is, episode two? I think it was episode two. Episode two or three, it was it was way early, and I could tell. Jess hadn't she hadn't patented her her hi hello hey intro yet. We were just vibing, but you know what? Our our conversation it flowed so much better than than many of the later episodes that we've done because we were still just like winging it, <laughs> and we and there was a lot of good subject matter, right? We still like had it was, the newlywed. It was post post election, so you know Trump was still in office. The and, Proud Boys were just and, uh, not making the, anyone proud. You know, we we had the whole week long counting of votes before oh, we actually yeah. had a had a president declare or, or Victor declared declared that thing was Saturday, right? Before they they were able to call it. Mm-hmm. So we went from Tuesday to Saturday without knowing who's going to be sleeping. the president in January. I did not. I slept right here on this couch. I was watching. And on that I was watching couch, Don Lemon. Smaller. Don Lemon. Cuomo, Chris, King, not the other one. Wolf, my man, Wolf Blitzer holding it down. It was a good time, and it was the beginning. Well, it wasn't the actual beginning of Rush Vibes because in that episode we also made reference to the fact that we recorded like sixty, a lot of sixty episodes. episodes, but we sounded horrible. Like it took me. It. I'm so glad we did that because it took me that many episodes to make sure that our our sound quality was was good. That we had, you know, the music was right and, and whatnot. We used to actually, I used to have my tab, my computer hooked up to the board and I would play our intro music from the computer. So I would have like the computer set up, have the mics. Now I have this up here just because of the time so I can be conscious of it. But we could just run this thing um, without anything else now. So I think we've definitely come a long way. We have. Uh, and and I appreciate it now. In the moment, I was annoyed. I was like, bro, can we just... Like, I've seen other people's podcasts, and they're just sitting in their closet having conversations on their iPhones. And you um, know... And that works for them. Works for them. And had we decided that we weren't going to do video, we could still be recording this in our closet. The only reason we're in our living room is because we need the space to get the cameras. Because mm-hmm. we used to be in a room. We used to be in our closet. That was not fun. Oh, my gosh. It's, it fun. sounded great. 
it was it was a way to get like all the gain out of the mic. I'm getting super technical, super nerdy, but it was a way to get all the gain out of the microphones before we bought a device that actually did that. So you notice if you go to the start early episodes and you turn the volume up like relatively high, you hear the little as we're speaking. That drove him crazy. Drove me drove me wild. So I, I finally have it. finally have something because you don't listen to the episodes. Finally got something that will take totally all the gain and all the white noise and all the background noise out of it. So. Production time, post-production time went from like two and a half hours to however long the episode is plus like 30 minutes. So I, I have a system now. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, now in B-Bank being back at work, different line of work, not at home as much anymore during the day. It, it helps cut down on the, on the production time. So, you know, we've made strides here at Rush Vibes. Cool. So as EP, we're now done talking about no, as technical. E- as EP. Um, You're not EP. I am exa- I'm actually going to put th- I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn executive producer Rush Vibes. Maybe we can get uh, Please do cuz you got a wide network. Maybe we can get I some do. sponsorship. I have a ridiculous network, but because of that network, I constantly get messages. Hey Jessica. I noticed you like this post on LinkedIn. Would you happen to be interested? I see that you have experience in this industry. Did you know that we've been trying to reach you concerning your <laughs> <laughs> extended warranty? Yeah. So, but yeah, I thought about, I'm like, how can I incorporate Rush Vibes on LinkedIn? Because, I mean, this is work. This is not. It's definitely work. It's, it's not just. Some more for some of us than others. I didn't measure the work. I just said it's work. I, I do a lot of work. A lot of a lot of a lot of sleepless nights. I offer to help, and he has refused my assistance. Because if you if you do something well, if something is in your wheelhouse, it's your lane. Anything you do outside of that takes away. So I realize that being witty, all of your energy being focused on when the camera is sets to roll, you pick you you being spontaneous and sporadic. That's you. You are the on-air personality of Rush Fires. People listen and watch for you. I get that. The executive producer. So if I were to have you doing all this and and this and that and sound check, mic check, it would take away from what you do best. It wouldn't. And I don't want to. And I I recognize your talent. I'm not monolithic. It does. It takes away. I'm a black woman. I'm capable of many things. Yeah. And incapable of realizing where your lane is. And that's what you have me for. Black the one true lanes. the one true executive. Black women producer. are laneless. Oh, you got lanes. We are laneless. So it's uh August. August. Leo season, I believe, is, is what they what they have say. Have you seen the meme? Your boy posted it of uh, oh boy. Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> Did y'all say August? Oh, that my boy or or my or I our, think it was Alan. Yeah, he's not my boy. That's, when he posts the silly, that's meme, my little brother. He's your boy. That's my big little brother. Who, whose appearance on Rush Vibes is coming up shortly? We have we have to get him on for the uh, for the back to school edition where oh, we God. will be interviewing educators so they can tell us what this whole last year was like uh, and any prognostications for this upcoming year. Charlotte Mecklenburg uh, County Schools have uh, announced that they will mandate masks in the classroom. Union County, I believe it was optional, and last week or this week already, eight students tested positive for uh, COVID. Oh, so they they're are, back to school? Everybody's, there's one one academy, Union Academy, I oh. think. Or maybe not Union, but there's a school there that has opened up early. 
uh, already. And they already uh, have eight cases? Eight cases and like over 100 people. are The regular variant or the upgraded Delta? It's just COVID. I don't know. Uh, there are uh, over 100 people quarantining as a, as a result. So now they've they've moved to a mandatory mask. So COVID, COVID not going away. I just, just, I feel like we COVID should just, is, get, just, can we just do the lockdown now? So like COVID is, is here is, is just like the flu. It's not going away. This is something we will be dealing with forever. For the imminent future. For, for, for the, for I, the indefinite I, future. A, a lockdown is coming. No. Another lockdown. No, it's coming. not. Because when the first lockdown happened, there were no vaccines. There's vaccines. Now you and, got three. And, and, you and, got three now that you can have your pick of the letter. And one of them is like. Giving one of them, one of them comes from a company. People's memory. One of them comes. They couldn't even master baby powder. One of them <laughs> is made by a company who had to pull sunscreen because of cancerous, uh, cancer-inducing, potentially cancer-inducing uh, ingredients. They're just so, not on the up and up. Um, if you, they actually like, sent me a message on LinkedIn that they were hiring the air, and I was like, I'm trying to work for want, you, Bama. Nothing to do with that. Um, but yeah, bad, they couldn't even vibes. handle baby powder. So, uh, no lockdown coming. There's a lockdown. Uh, we are going to get locked. We are not. We are not going to lockdown. You know who's going to get locked down is probably unvaccinated people will probably be forced to lock there down. Will be a lockdown, and which means there will be an all-out civil war. It's going to turn <laughs> into some. Hey, yo, YouTube, don't cancel us for for uh, and you know, in, in riot or um, inciting inciting, an, inciting uh, violent things. No, That's not. What it's going to turn into like. World War, like not. There was. Germany, I'm pretty sure there was like some philosopher back in like stars. 11, 1100 who said was this like was going to happen in the year 2020. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, but I feel like it's going to be. You're going to have to wear a star, or you're going to have to have a book, and before you can like just even just go like a mile away from home, yeah. there's going to be checkpoints, and you have to. I got to get the chip. It's going to get crazy. The I next boot, the booster joint is going to have I like a the chip, like a chip, chip was in there. I don't know. I know we you. told Salas that. She, that they're going to be wearing masks. She was like, oh, I don't want to wear masks, but I don't want to get COVID. And just the way she said it was so, it was just so logical. I was like, why, why, why can't we just be logical like this five-year-old? Um, yeah. five well, half, I mean, excuse me. you know, there are, there are people who have, you know, and, and this is, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of COVID. I'm tired of COVID, but I'm tired of everything that surrounds it. Right. Like there's a, there is a virus that has greatly impacted the world mm-hmm. over the last however many months. And there are, uh, there are several ways, scientifically proven ways, uh, that have been introduced to either um, lessen it, lessen its impact if you catch it, or to prevent you, hopefully, from catching it. And people are either going to follow those guidelines or they're not. You're not good, I don't think, Good or bad, if you do either, if you choose either path, because you can you can have the vaccine and catch it, you can not have the vaccine and catch it. Obviously, it, you run a higher risk of having greater symptoms if you don't have the vaccine. Um, but honestly, I'm tired of it. Like, I, if it, in a perfect world for me, you know, everybody would would trust government, everybody would trust big pharma, and everybody would just get the vaccine, and then you know, it would just be it would just be what it is. But we've watched enough but, movies. But we've watched enough movies. We've watched enough, enough documentaries. We've uh, we've watched uh, Big Pharma come out and and say wash your hands, um, you know, socially distance, wear a mask, but they won't tell you to eat better. They won't mm. tell you to mind your weight. They won't tell you mm. to get natural uh, supplements and vitamins. Maybe they are saying that, but they aren't saying it as loud as no, because that COVID, doesn't make money. COVID cases. So look, I'm just saying, I'm tired of it. like do what's best for you. If you're, if you so feel inclined, do what's best for the greater good. 
but ultimately it's on everybody to decide. And, you know, I just hope everybody chooses, you know, the best decision for them. Um, you know, we're obviously going to do what's best for us. Uh, and also when we go out, we'll wear our masks. We'll socially distance. You know, I'm, I just like socially distancing, whether there's a, there's a virus or not. Like I go out and, you know, people run up on me and I'm like, yo, back up five feet. Give me five. It's supposed to be six though. Why? I want five plus six. I want 11. (laughs) I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody up on me. Um, but I mean, you know, you go into spaces where they require a mask, just wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Swear. Do you kids go to school? They want to wear a mask. No, it's not going. It's not, not going. It's not going to impact their ability to learn. Kids are going to be kids. Mm-hmm. Like our parents back in the day was hiding under desks, thinking it was going to protect them from from a nuclear bomb. Your parents were. Mine were not. Whatever. Yeah, they was over there. <laughs> it was over in was over in Africa. Herding herding goats and stuff not like whatever. Okay. First of all, we're not going to stereotype <laughs> Africans. They were just not concerned. They were on. The, what were they doing? They were on the good side of the. What Russia, were they doing? So Russia was not bothering. They weren't messing them. with goats. I mean, not during I school mean, hours. I mean, anytime. Look, when you ask somebody a question and the first words out of their mouth are "I mean," that means you're right. Not during school hours. I mean, they got educations. They were. No, nah, I'm just. I'm, I mean, okay, yeah, not literally while they were in school, but I'm saying it was, you know. Hey, I got love for Ghana. I've never been, but y'all treated my girls with, you know. With nothing but love and appreciation, so yeah, I appreciate it's, y'all. It's their homeland. Y'all still messing with goats and stuff over there. I like goat. I had goat for the first time a couple years ago. Changed my life. It's been more than a couple years ago. Whatever. It was like it's not. A it's not important. It's not important. It is important. I, a couple years. Ago. I appreciate. You know how that's gonna make me look bad? She's married. I, you're married to a whole African, and it took a couple of years ago for you to have goat. No, he had goat many moons ago, at least a decade ago. And it was okay. Okay, that's you're never getting jollof rice ever again. Oh, goat is in the jollof. Oh, never mind. Goat's fantastic. I thought it was the lamb that's in the jollof. No. Uh I mean, you can make lamb jollof. I like the lamb. The lamb is fantastic. I didn't have lamb until I I started messing with Jessica. Don't say messing. Like, what? (laughs) Until I saw, you know, I was... Start, start fooling with her. Yeah, no. Start, start fooling with Jessica. Like, we were in something legit. So, look, 18 18 minutes in, we've talked about COVID. Um, We've talked about uh, bad audio. And now we're talking about lamb and goat. So um, we actually do have a more targeted subject matter or, or two. Do we? Right? Sure. You said um, two. Jessica. Uh, wait. Wants to give her testimony. I'm giving it. Wait, I wasn't ready. I was going to get dressed up for my testimony. Oh. Uh, but I mean, since. We, yeah, Jessica wants to give a testimony. So I mean, I didn't. But I'm being forced Jessica, to testify. What kind the of, executive producer what has. Kind of Baptist. Well, you just going to testify today. Jessica, can you come down? <laughs> Sister Jessica. Come on down to the mic. Come on, tell the congregation your testimony. Jessica's dry, by the way. I have um, Knob Creek and maple. It's got a maple. It's, it's fantastic. I was yeah. out, and um, I can smell it. It's really strong. Um, the bartender made me a, a mocktail that made me feel special. Um, so I had to make me another one. Anyway, so, we, so, so we're at 19 minutes. So okay. you got like, you got like about eight minutes. You can go. Okay, thanks. Um, my testimony, Bishop. So as you all know, your testimony, then your testimony part two when we take this if break. If you keep cutting into my testimony, I got two testimonies. I'm just going to make this one lump sum. No, I'm testimony. saying if you don't hurry up, it's going to be your part one <laughs> and a part two because I'm going to cut you off. Well, stop talking. So um, I think we mentioned I'd gone to one of my retreats. 
and it was amazing. They're called The Poor. I highly recommend if you're in either the Raleigh-Durham area or if you're in the Charlotte area. We occasionally host the retreats at our house, um, the Charlotte legs of the retreat. I recommend it beyond measure. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but I personally feel like I, I come away bigger and better um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally than I was before. Uh, so this past retreat, am I going the whole whole gamut? We're at 20 minutes is all I'm going to say. So this past retreat was at the beach, um, you know, with the, you know, sundown town incident. And so when the girls left with David, I stayed there, you know, just the, the overall fellowship that I experienced. I definitely do feel brand newish. Um, is that an ABC spinoff? <laughs> <laughs> Kenya, where's Kenya Bears? Um, I feel, I feel brand newish, um, just spiritually, on like a different kind of high, trying to be better. I'm not even gonna lie. I, I still have some growing to do because I like came at David and I was like, I'm trying to be better and you are making it very difficult for me to be better, which he was, but that's probably just the devil testing me um, to see if I'm really better and using David as a conduit. Anyway, um, so I, I guess we'll just jump real into it. I have been struggling with employment. Um, you know, I've been on the unemployment vibes train for a while, try to jump off and I, I could not, and it definitely affected my self-esteem. It just affected how I viewed myself, how I felt about myself. I'm really thankful that, you know, my husband was never, you know, he never made me feel less than, I mean, he'd throw those short jokes, like stop, stop spending my money. But other than that, uh, I'm going to say that <laughs> if she becomes like, she starts making millions of dollars. I'm going to have my little coins over here to the side. I'm like, I'll start spending all my damn money. So I, I'm very fortunate in the in the fact that I, I have a husband who was like, look, if you don't work for however long, that's fine. Um, I'm, I, I, we, we're, in a, we, we're blessed to be in a position where I don't need to work. I haven't worked full time since December of 2019. So, you know, that's not like me. I'm a hustler. I'm working, juggling jobs and managing teams and all of this. So I... The Monday of the, the of our beach trip, I can't even remember applying for the job. The description was weird, didn't make sense to me, um, but I just applied for the heck of it. Someone reached out, told me they wanted to interview me um, on that Friday. First, I didn't think I was going to be able to pull it off because the initial plan was I would drive the girls back to Charlotte, and then I would drive back to the beach, and I didn't know when I would be able to do this interview. Things, you know, worked out. David's training was canceled. The last week he was able to come up, drive back with the girls. So I was able to do the interview. And when I tell you, this was the most unconventional interview I've ever had in my life. Um, I had previously worked for the company that the position would be representing. Uh, so that's kind of where the conversation went. And then we pivoted. Like we didn't talk about, I even had to ask her. I said, do you want me to walk you through my resume? And she was like, no, I've read it. Like everything that we're looking for, like the descriptors are there, which was amazing because I hate interviews where they're like, walk me through your resume. Like, what? You can't read? Like, you read it. That's why you're interviewing me. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. So, I mean, we even, we talked about, we started the conversation about our kids, um, which was great because it was like right off the bat, she knew I had kids. But, you know, she offered me the job in the interview and I was so taken aback and I, I it was, it was amazing. Um, 
the only thing that started to bother me was I didn't get a chance to tell her I was pregnant. I didn't know if I should tell her I was pregnant. Um, so I was starting to stress out about that. And, you know, David was just like, look, when they find out, they find out. And do you even want to work for a company that doesn't, that doesn't value you because you're pregnant? So that kind of helped ease me. You know, I prayed on it and I was like, hey, it's not my problem. Um, but it just happened so rapidly. So that's, that's kind of like testimony number one, just wow, this can happen to me. Because I remember throughout the retreat, I really had to like like work and converse. And I felt like I was playing tug of war with myself where I was like, you know, how am I, you know, worthy of just getting an offer on the spot, you know, not even really having to sell myself, just legitimately being myself and getting a job. Uh, gave them my salary, um, what's that, bracket, window, uh, range, and, you know, the salary fell into that and there were like extra bonuses and benefits and all of that thing, those things that fell into it. And it was just like perfect for me. So it was amazing to go from, you know, getting ghosted by recruiters or being one of two of the last, the final interviewees and then not getting the position, being told that, oh, you interviewed well, but still not getting the position and just feeling a lot of rejection to out of nowhere getting offered a job in the interview, like in the Zoom. So that was amazing. Um, I will say since the retreat, a lot of the, I still have, you know, pelvic issues. You know, my pelvic floor is, is very, is struggling a lot. But, you know, I did get a word that, you know, that a lot of that pain was going to be released from me. And when I tell you, I feel like I've been jump started. I have so much energy, not so much motivation. Like I'm avoiding cooking like it's the plague. Um, but you know, I, I feel strengthened. I feel recharged. I just feel brand newish. Um, and that it's just, I attribute that a lot to just the overall environment that I've been with these women and, you know, kind of seeing myself grow to needing to be a participant to partially being a facilitator of things and being able to speak into other women's lives. And, you know, it's you always think you have to be older or of a certain age before you have the right to like say things to people, especially, you know, people, peers who are older than you. Um, so it's really nice to be able to, you know, speak into someone else's life or see where someone is not recognizing themselves and, and being able to, you know, guide them and, and, and steer them like, hey, this is this is your purpose. This is why you were placed on this earth. This is why you were created. Um, so I I've just you know, I've enjoyed it. I, I will also say that being part of the group, um, Leah, who, um, I hope David said that we'll have her on the podcast one day. So that's exciting. Um, we'll run it by her. Um, but she, she, and a lot of the other women really helped encourage me in terms of being a mother again, 40, 45 seconds. um, the not this past retreat but the one before it was in wake forest i happened to be talking about just my struggle with you know being pregnant again having another kid and i didn't know she was in the room now leah will just give it to me the way in like no sugarcoating anything that's just how she's been told to communicate to me and it works that's just how i hear it and she was like stop seeing it as a burden stop seeing it as a crutch and see it as there's something in you that god has trusted you to mother an additional person. So, I mean, it's still, I still had moments of like struggle, but she definitely gave me a new perspective and gave me a way to reappreciate 
this stage of motherhood. So, I mean, I definitely, I could advocate for these all day, any day. Please feel free to message me if you have any questions about it. But, you know, I definitely encourage people to, women specifically right now, to be a part of it. I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with Jessica and her testimony. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. So I don't know that I have any much more to add, just that I, I personally feel like I've seen myself grow um, spiritually and just as an overall. That's another thing that I appreciate is that it's not just like typical church where it's just everything is the book, the book. Like there's, there's more to it. There's, you know, let's, where are you, how are you mentally? How are you emotionally? What have you been through? What traumas have you dealt with that, make you up and have gotten you to this point so i enjoy the whole encompassed factor of it and another thing that's been great is a lot of the women not all the women but a lot of the women are married um but a lot of the women are like me so there's always been this thought like oh if you're going to be spiritual if you're going to be you know you know working for god for jesus um I don't know why I've gotten so deep with that, but like you just have to shut out the world and it's kind of hard to do that. But these, like these ladies are, you know, we had one night where we were <laughs> at the last retreat, we were up and we were having sex talk. We were just talking and we were all married women who, you know, have husbands and we were talking about sex and it's, it, it was great because when you're single and you're talking about sex, at least myself personally, or unmarried and talking about sex, you feel so, you know, you're so guilty, you're heathenist and all this stuff. But it was one of the first times I've been in an environment where it's like, we are all married women and we are dropping techniques and tips and tricks and we're talking about you know this is what our you know wedding night was like and this is this how this was and you know have you tried this have you done that what about this um don't do that um so it was just really it was just it shows you all the different ways you can fellowship and it just it's it's nice to have i feel like a lot of times women live in this bubble where you hear women say, oh, I don't get along with other women or I don't, you know, have female friends. And I think it's a matter of, you know, you haven't found the right female friends. Um, I think any woman can have female friends. It's just a matter of have you found the right network. Um, and just, you know, meeting different types of women from different in different places in their life. It's it's nice to see, you know, this past retreat was, what, three days, if I'm not mistaken, and to see to meet someone on a Thursday and see complete like an utter shift by Sunday when they were leaving is mind blowing. So, you know, I definitely enjoyed it and it just, you know, filters into your gifts and you know, what gifts do you have and, and how can you put this gift into the world and how can we as a community of women help you nurture this gift and be confident to go out there and showcase yourself for your purpose. So, you know, there's, there are probably other portions of this testimony that I am forgetting and can't remember, but you know, that was the, that was the big thing. That was the icing on the cake for me. Well, not really the icing on the cake. Cause I feel like there's so much more, um, that is about to come upon us. But that was the really big thing where I was like, wow, I just, and I've gotten a, I've gotten a job like 
20 minutes later. Um, like I did an interview and then they called me 20 minutes later and offered me the job, but to be offered the job and the lady was even like, I don't work for the agency. So technically I can't offer you the job, but I'm offering you the job. And to just, I was so taken aback and it was like, wow, you know, to, to go through all of this constant rejection and, you know, people think that, you know, yes, I'm for the most part, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I recognize that I'm blessed. I have two healthy children. I have a healthy husband ish husband. Um, cause I, I need him taking his vitamins daily. Um, but you know, there's still some things internally that I battle with, you know, purpose has been something I've struggled with a lot. Um, and you know, I'd go and I'd get these words and I'd get these promises and then I was like, I'm pregnant. How does this align? Because um, now someone is taking my attention and, and, and slowing me down um, from my perspective. But, you know, you always have to see things like your perspective isn't the greater perspective of life. Um, so it's just it's just been mind blowing. And I've been just dealing with a lot internally over the past few years. And it, it's definitely affected my mood. Um, it's affected my ability or desire to be social. And I think that's another hard thing. Like, um, overall just mental health and where you are can, it can be tough. Like there are sometimes that, you know, I'm such a big bubbly personality that I recognize I can't put myself in certain social situations because I'm internally, I'm battling too much to, fake like oh i'm so i'm happy in this situation for you i'm happy in this season for you i'm comfortable right now with you like that that's not me i, I i've done it and i can do it if i have to but you know and i i know it's affected a lot of friendships of mine um but i kind of feel in a better place where it's like trust the timing trust the purpose and don't try to control it. Like I always, I would always say I'm not a control freak, but I'm slowly realizing that maybe not control freak, but I, I, there's an element of control I like or need to have to feel as if everything is in order. And I had to like through these retreats, I learned to relinquish that and to respect that I can't control every aspect of life. And that's where your no faith and trust and everything comes in. So even with like, you know, this whole pandemic and things that are happening, it's like, yes, I'm going to do all the, as much precautionary things as I can do in my power, but I'm also going to have to lean on an element of faith that like I can be in a situation where I might be next to someone who has it in the grocery store and trust that, okay, I'm going to be protected. Like that's just how, like I had to shift my whole thought process in my mind. So it's definitely given me a new perspective on spirituality. And I think a lot of people need that new perspective because that old school, that old time religion is, is just not, it's not, it's not where it's at. It's not working for, for a lot of us, especially this generation. So recharge, renew. That's all I got on the testimony. New, new job, new you. No, same me. Well, actually, I'm glad you said that because... One thing that I'm working on, because I went so long wanting to have a job and defining myself by my work, I said that I'm not going to let this job define me. I'm thankful that I have been blessed with this job. I'm thankful to be able to walk into this job, but I'm going to 
I'm going to define myself, whether it be my own interests, my own hobbies. It's not going to be work that defines me. It's not going to be work that makes me who I am. Um, like when people, I'm, I'm trying to work on when, if, if and when we are in a situation where people say, oh, what do you do? I really legitimately want to say, well, like, I like to eat tacos. I, you know, drink cocktails when I'm not pregnant. I like creating cocktails. I love cooking. Um, but I don't want my identity to be my work. So that's something that I've been toiling with myself to make sure that, yes, it's great that you have this job. We appreciate this blessing, but it's not going to define, I'm not going to be defined as Jessica, wife, mother, employee. That's not who I'm going to be. I'm going to have an identity that is for me so that I don't become dependent on working to see myself as successful. You good? I I was good. Okay. I was like, just want to make sure you got all your testimony out. I mean, I can drop another word. No, you that's how, If that's how we word vibes. I mean, as um, as Jessica's spouse, better half, I had to uh, witness the, lies. the rejection after rejection, on top of rejection, on top of rejection, plus and, ghosting, and okay. and and ghosting, and I think the the most difficult hard for me not that this is about me but just giving my perspective was how do you be there for someone let them know that you uh, are there for them that you're always going to be their number one cheerleader but also allow them to go through the process right like Jessica had to go through a very long extended process um, and I had to trust on and she had to trust even though maybe she she she, you know, doubted um, that everything that she was going through was for a reason and that it was building her or teaching her or bringing her to the realization of something. And when the end of that lesson, none of us knew. Um, and we still don't know. This may not be it. This may not be the end of the lesson. It may just be a part of it, just a different, a different, uh, different chapter, uh, a different section of it. So uh, it was, it was very, it was very difficult. Um, I just, you know, tried to let her know that she is worthy and that she is valuable and that, you know, it just wasn't the opportunity for, for her and try not to, to always swoop in and, and save the day and, and make everything rainbows and, and, and sunshine and roses. But um, just, you know, encourage her to keep trying and that if, she ever felt like she didn't want to go through it anymore, then then that was fine, and she didn't have to work. So I let her know that she had a, she had a safety net, uh, but also encouraged her to keep going. So um, this very very was very delicate balance uh, that I had to find as as her spouse, who was also at the same time going through my my own things. Right? Um, it, it wasn't uh, wasn't a, a sweet sweet and easy time. Uh, by by any means, but I think we're we're on the other side of both of our our ruts, and um, I think that there are you know greener pastures and, and you know better days ahead. But it's uh, it's tough. So if if I could give any advice, not that anyone's asking for it, but if I could give it, it's if you are a spouse uh, and you you see your partner going through some things, uh, depending upon the partner, depending upon the spouse, every relationship is different. But always just try to find that balance where you're not overbearing, uh, but at the same time you're not 
you know, missing in action. Uh, you're, you're there, but you're not trying to make it about you in terms of what you're trying to do for your partner. So, uh, it's very delicate. Got to stumble and scrape your knees a little bit to find that balance, but mm-hmm. you know, do, do try and find it. So it's interesting that you mentioned, uh, mental health and gifts. And gifts, because we've talked about this here before on Rush Vibes a few episodes ago. We talked about what, you know, each of us went through on uh, the pandemic and how we've each kind of dealt with depression. And you just mentioned how you, you know, were being rejected job after job after job. And, you know, I was at a job and wasn't necessarily happy. And, you know, I felt like I'd lost myself. So uh, mental health is very important. And each individual person realizing the value of their mental health is important and i'm a firm believer that you should always do uh what's in the best interest of your mental health and i will always support somebody doing what's in the best interest of their mental health provided that it's you know of no detriment to themselves so with that if you pay attention uh there were some headlines uh as the olympics are going on and one particular famous goat Olympian. Greatest of all time, not actual animal goat. Not, not actual animal goat, greatest of all time ac- uh, acronym. Uh, pulled out of individual competitions. Um, citing that, you know, she needed to for a number of reasons, but those reasons were hers. It, didn't, it wasn't up to anybody else to decide whether or not those reasons were valid or not. And uh, was met with a lot of scrutiny and criticism and shaming. And um, this Olympian just happens, happens, just coincidentally, uh, happens to be um, a black woman by the name of Miss Simone. Biles. So uh, I don't really want to get in to uh, all of the intricate specifics and details because this, is, this has been in the news for a while. We're, we're definitely on, on the tail end of this, uh, speaking about it. But um, we definitely did just want to mention that, uh, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the stuff out there was foul. A lot of the criticism was foul and unwarranted and unfair. Like these, like I know we like to treat athletes differently as if they're like, a, a different version of us people who aren't professional athletes, um, basketball player, NBA players, they leave and, and decide that they want to go chase championships and people try to tear them down and say, Oh, you should be loyal to the fans who are loyal to you. I'm like, no, that's not the case. I have my own goals and I have my own dreams and aspirations and I want to achieve those. And if that means I have to leave the team that is of the hometown that you live in, then so be it. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that I don't get to do what I don't get to set the the tone for my career just because you may lose out or your team may lose out. So people seem to think that athletes are just aren't human beings Uh, and human beings, though they're they're spectacular human beings. They've they've uh, honed a craft, uh, honed a gift uh, and they're able to perform at the highest levels of of the sports that they participate in. But they're still human beings. Um, Human beings deal with things and each individual person gets to make the decisions that are best for them. Like commentators, uh, you know, beliefs be damned. Like if Simone felt like she needed to take a step away, then Simone 
needed to take a step away. It doesn't matter whether it's the Olympics, whether it's intramural gymnastics, <laughs> whether it's, you know, backyard comp, like whatever it is, you know, she knows what her limits are. And if she felt like she needed to step away, then she needs to step away. And I think that a lot of the people trying to make it, oh, it's your country and, and oh, it's the Olympics and you should be grateful and represent What's her that, country done for her? represent that flag. And while, while yes, you, you, you want your country to do well in the Olympics. But at the end of the day, like I said, these are people, these are individuals, and they have their own things that they're struggling well, for with. What, Is there a country prize? Like, do you get dollars? Do your country get dollars? You get, I mean, you get, a, you get a gold medal, and, you know, your country is, it's, you represent. I, so I understand, like, the, the national pride thing. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, and, yes, the country has, has given her, like, I'm, I'm, it, it, this is it's a different topic. I understand where people are coming from when they say that, but at the same time, you can't get lost. You can't you can't be so pride blind blinded uh, that you forget that these are these are people mm-hmm. that we're dealing with, and and the health of the individual um, should come first. Um, and that's that's just what I think. Um, and I thought it was interesting. This is just an example um, that uh, your boy Piers Morgan. Uh, he said was, something about it. Was was going off on her about quitting when this dude literally quit his job in the Walked middle of of live television because with someone his, called him out on with me. his diabolical behavior. <laughs> Piers walked off the stage. He's a troll. Like I just, you know, you know, you know what I'm I'm afraid of, and and we're we're guilty of it too because we do the same thing here in Rush Vibes, but we have become, I, I want to say, as a culture. Because I can't speak for other cultures, but I can speak for like Twitter and Facebook and just, you know, barbershops and whatever. We have become so uh, addicted to the hot take that people just say some of the most like flagrant, Mm. foul, ridiculous shit and feel like that they just have the right to speak for what somebody should or shouldn't do and, and speak with such such authority and conviction uh, that they think they get to tear somebody down because they made a decision that they don't like. You can disagree with it. You can talk about your opinion of it, but there's a different level that some people go to where they think that they're the authority on, on the subject matter uh, and that, and that they, uh, without looking at their own skeletons can, uh, can cast judgment. And I just think that that's, that's foul. And it's just, it's heightened. Um, And, and people, um, seem to just be be throwing mental health, you know, to the wayside and thinking that that's that's irrelevant because it's the Olympics, yeah, right. And there there's certain people who are just so so pride happy uh, that they think nothing should should come before that at the Olympics. Um, so I, you know, we just want to talk, just say our piece on it because it's, it is something that had been going on. We hadn't mentioned it. We probably should have mentioned it last week, but you know, we didn't. But that's how I feel about it. So. Um, initially I was the thoughts and views expressed by Jessica oh are, gosh, not re- are not <laughs> Why are reflective. Why do we assume I'm the controversial one? Not reflective of the overall I, views I, of us here I at Rush the Five. controversial one. Cause when we were listening to the last episode, I said something, I was like, because we're black. Um, so yeah, I get, I get it. So this is where I, I stand on it. I, I stand with everything you said. I'm going to walk through just the progression of how I got to my current opinion because i think it's also very important to recognize that facts can change can develop your opinion which is why 
you should always take a beat before you start yabbering at the mouth because you never know. So initially when they said, I haven't been following the Olympics, like I wanted to watch them. I wanted the girls to watch them, especially the women's sports so that they could see themselves. I think we've watched one we watched the swimming competition and Sala stood at the TV and she was like, this girl's going to lose because she's all the way back here and she's going to win. Cause she, so she was really into that part. Um, and she was practicing their swims. So when, you know, I respect Simone, I think her, her ability to do what she does is amazing. I am still very upset that she, I think it was the qualifiers. She allegedly did some stunts that were so dangerous that they did not, give her the proper scoring that she deserved because they didn't want to and too advanced. Yeah. They didn't want other people to try and do them and fail. And it's like, well then what's the point of athleticism? If you're not going like, if she's, if she can do it, that means that other people who are eventually going to get to her level should be able to do that's it. Like, too. That's like the NCAA banning dunking back when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like it just doesn't, Lou Alcindor, excuse me, was at UCLA. Like, and it's just not that's just not fair. Um, and it's she's not the first black female athlete that's happened to it happened to the French ice skater. She was able to do backflips and splits upside down in the air and they would not um, give her the proper scoring for it because of that. So a lot of uh, backflips and splits. People are like, hey, why does it always have to be a race thing? It just it's seems talent. like it becomes a race thing because anytime the black woman, the black man is able to do something far above and beyond, then, oh, we need to change the rules. It's We need to, you know, lower the playing field. Anyway, that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, you know why? Because we, we don't have... A race problem? We don't have a race problem. We have a heart problem. That's good. We got a heart problem. Well, then people need to check their hearts. Anyway, so it initially... Ain't about, it ain't about black or white. Initially, when, you know, yeah. I started seeing this headlines black, now... white. Green, purple, orange, yellow. It's not about. It's not about race. I sat here quietly and didn't interrupt. After you done spoke for like twenty minutes straight, and I spoke, and I spoke for, I spoke for five minutes. You gave me a mic to testify. Seven minutes. Anyway, so when I first heard it that she had, because the thing is they progressed, and it just recently turned out that we found out about the twisties and now all the other athletes are telling us about the twisties. Um, but before it was just, you know, she stepped away and they think she might've been injured. They didn't know she might've been injured. And she was so like nonchalant. She was like, look, I ain't got it. So I'm not going to do it. Okay. I was kind of like, dang, I was looking forward to you killing it so that we could be like, this is like, we know she's the goat, but here she is Again, for the world to see that she is the GOAT. Again, she owes us nothing. Like, she can do it. We know she can do it. She's done it. She's at the Olympics again. She's the most um, decorated medalist in gymnastics history. So it's not like we don't know this. She doesn't need, the, she doesn't need anything from the Olympics. But I, I, I think the old school in me was like, well, you know, you got to the world stage and then and then you step down, but you but like you're not hurt. You you need to push through. Like the Joe Jackson to me was like, you you don't know, Michael, you gotta get on that stage. You gotta, you know, spin and twist and do all the things you do. And you know, as each but that's why I didn't speak. I didn't say nothing because I figured there was more to it. Because for someone of that caliber to get to that point and be like, I can't do this. There's more. Now, you know, people were saying if she had broke, like she's done it on a broken toe before. If she had physically broken or hurt something that would have 
messed up her career, then everyone would, oh, it makes sense that she's stepping out. But because you don't physically see the injury, we assume, well, then what's your excuse? And it kind of trickles back to what I was saying previously, where I, on the inside, something was like, I was not all together. So I knew I couldn't present myself to the world. So there was that. But another thing that got me thinking was why like the issue with mental health overall because before i knew it was the twisties part of me again was like man you know you're an athlete like other athletes they they get their moment and they can't not do it in their moment because they're not i mean if you're a kid from you know an impoverished background and you know you've done football or basketball all your life and you know this is your big moment to shine so that you can get drafted or get to a college so that you can you know eventually get drafted you don't have that luxury to be like my head's not there right now i can't like not so part of me was like no you can't like this you this isn't the example you should set not that she was setting a bad example but it was more so this is a luxury that you have to be able to do this uh, but then I thought, what does it say about athleticism and just where we are as a society that whatever mental trauma she's dealing with got so bad that she wasn't supported all the way to the point that she got to the Olympics for the second time. She's the, the Olympic stage is not new to her. So she right. got to the Olympic stage and now like it's it's all taking over her head. So. I definitely agree. She owes no one anything. Um, I feel for her because I know she would have gotten gold. Um, I'm not even concerned about Team USA. I'm more concerned about just her. And I believe the news dropped that she is going to do her individual floor routine. Um, so, you know, I am. I hope to remember to watch it and support her in that. But I, I wasn't concerned about pride, patriotism, go America. I was like, okay, Simone, go get these golds and show these people what you're all about. But... You know, she's still, I mean, she's what, 23? She's she's still young. And I mean, if you think about the age that these people start gymnastics and their whole life and what she's been through. I mean, she had to deal with uh, what Larry Nasser and, you know, his sexual abusing self and still to be on top. Like she's she's done it. And even her stepping down has given I think her name is Suni um, the opportunity to shine like she and she has championed her team members. But I think a lot of the core of it is what mental health support are we giving these young athletes as they progress, as they have the world's eyes on them, as their bodies are developing and they're wearing these skimpy outfits and they're flipping around and being judged mostly by men. Um, what support are we get giving them so that they're not getting to a point where this is their moment to shine and really show their skill and craft that, their mental capacity is overwhelmed and they feel the pressure of the world on them because at the end, athletes are great. Athletes are, you know, to an extent, supernatural. It's like they're doing things they should not physically be able to do, but they're not, they're not gods. They're not at, like, they still have the same emotions and feelings that all human beings have. And to put this pressure on them, Especially, like I said, the Olympics, it's just literally bragging rights and medals. And if I'm not mistaken, Japan made their medals out of recycled technological goods. So, I mean, is it really gold or is it just colored? Um, so it's just like, what is the gain? Like, there are other gymnasts who still push through 
Because push through seems to be the what everyone's saying. Oh, push through, push through. There's one. She's paralyzed because she pushed through. She had the twisties. And she fell on her head and paralyzed herself. Like, she's paraplegic now. So how would we feel if Simone had pushed through, injured herself, and then everyone would have been like, oh, well, why didn't she stop? 45 seconds. So, I mean, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. We support Simone. Um... I don't want to make this a race thing. I'm trying to keep it a hard thing. But, you know, I wonder if a white athlete had come out and said, I feel like mental health is more accepted for white people. So if a white athlete had said, my head is not here right now, I can't get on track, would they have been more received as opposed to a black woman who, you know, society shows that black women are just expected to push through all situations, even if it's too much for us to bear. So that's my two cents. We support you, Simone. Go on with your bad self, whether you do the floor routine or not. And and, and we support everyone out there who makes decisions. Oh yeah, uh, the for the for too. the betterment of their of their mental health. So white, black, Hispanic, so, and Simone, Asian. because she's the topic of the situation, uh, topic of the discussion, but also anybody out there, black, white, whatever, Simone Asian, down. yeah, like mental health is number one. Protect it, preserve it, and you know always look out for it. So, um, just want to make that that quick disclaimer. So, uh, yeah, episode 37, I think, of Rush Vibes. So um, we realize we've been talking it up for a while. We're definitely going to start getting some guests in here within the next couple episodes. So stay tuned. we got a lot of fire coming, a lot of big, really impactful uh, guests coming, especially uh, on the local scene here. So stay tuned for that. Um, thank you to anyone who subscribed on YouTube or has followed us like this on social media. Please continue to do that. Please continue to share it out. We're definitely trying to grow this thing. Um, and we love all of the, um, all of the support that we've had, uh, thus far. So, um, episodes every Wednesday, look for us next week. It's good to be back. Stay safe. Stay blessed. We love you guys. We out. I done came way too fucking stop me now. I done came way too fucking stop me now. Stop me now. Stop me now. Yeah, I done came way too fucking stop me now.